It's time for JT the Brick. Everybody plays powder puff football with this guy. George Atkinson would come out of the safety position, line up against Russ Francis, punch him in the mouth, grab him to the ground. That's how they stopped him, and it worked. JT the Brick. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. That's all I did. Disrespect us. Keep doing it because I don't want no love. So we're on top. We're going to remember who the real ones were who had our back. And I love it. This is the Raider way, the only way. And Raider Nation, all of you can hear me. And now, here's JT the Brick. JT, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday. Opening round of the Masters, which I'm keeping an eye on for everybody. And a good weekend. Coming up here, opening day and night for baseball. We'll have something on that tomorrow. Scott Miller is supposed to join us. Great baseball insider, so I'm very excited about that. So, good week. We're brought to you by Any Tires Plus. My wife was just there. AnyTiresPlus.com, 350 North Boulder Highway, right off the corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway, where you get your smog. $5.95 anytime you want. And I got another great JT deal. I got the deals for meat. I got the deals for ice cold beer. I got the deals for Remy. And I got the deal for you at Any Tires Plus. If you need new tires, get $50 off any new set of four. The JT deal, just tell them I sent you at AnyTiresPlus.com. So the Lakers has been a big story as we're about to put the Lakers to bed. They have been eliminated. Uh, Kevin Arnowitz is a big-time guest who's kind enough to join us today. The NBA insider for ESPN The Magazine and ESPN.com. Haven't spoke to him in a while and looking forward to kind of wrapping up this nightmare scenario with the Lakers. And, Kevin, thanks for a few minutes today. I appreciate it. Let's begin with how you put the Lakers' collapse in perspective historically. Have you ever seen anything close to this? I mean, in terms of sh- falling short of expectation relative to a championship contender, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be up there. And, and if you consider that there's actually a 10-team field now, I think it's even more impressive uh, for its spectacular failure. Um, I, I think I sort of view it as one in a four-year term of LeBron's presence in Los Angeles, right? Like, it's been a very – how do we appraise this? Won a championship, which you cannot take away. And I, and I don't think you put asterisks next to championships, but there have been three just abjectly bad, bad seasons. And, you know, unlike sort of the sustained success in Miami, where, you know, it was year in, year out. I mean, we forget that LeBron came to Los Angeles having been in every single final dating back to, you know, his first year in Miami. I mean, it was, it was clockwork. You turn on. ABC on, on the first Sunday in June, and there's going to be LeBron James, you know, in, in game two of the, of the NBA finals. And so I, I think for me, I kind of see it as one part of a four-year term. And, and, and look, it's, you know, that, that's sort of an interesting question. He won a championship in Los Angeles. You can't take that the way. Does that minimize, you know, just, just the horror of, of the other three seasons, which have just been terrible? That's a great point. That's really important because we're not going to get into the GOAT conversation, but people forget when Jordan didn't go deep in the playoffs or didn't get to the playoffs because he was out of the league. And they all remember everything that LeBron did against Dirk when he didn't want to attack the rim. They remember every wart like on Lincoln's face. Everything that he might have did wrong when he was young in his career and only had Booby Gibson in Cleveland, they microscope it and look at it and rip him for that. This is one of the few things not making the playoffs in a 10-seed tournament on a team where he had a lot to do with constructing that roster. I think it's a big hit to him. Not an overall hit to his legacy, but well, it's a big hit that he's dealing with now. 
But it's ironic what you're saying, right? Because we can't actually mm-hmm. fault him individually. The numbers are astounding what he did yeah. this season when he was in uniform. And so, you know, what you said is he, because he had a lot to do with the construction. This was, and you could argue that this was a failure of LeBron, the executive. If you, depending on how much blame you assign to LeBron, if you, I, I don't assign too much blame blame to LeBron. It's not because I'm going easy on LeBron, like. You're the owner of the team. You are the president of the team. You know, your genie. Pat Riley's genius was sort of plunking down the ring to saying, hey, we have a specific way of doing it here. Follow us. And, you know, Le- LeBron bent the culture in Miami. I mean, he's a huge personality. He was the best player in the game. But at the end of the day, there was an infrastructure in Miami that basically just kind of kept the trains running. And Dwayne Wade was this organizational anchor, right? In Los Angeles, like to the extent that LeBron is to blame, well, then I blame ownership and I blame the executive. I mean, I think the Lakers have a lot to consider this summer. What kind of organization do they want to be? You know, they're obsessed with brand names so much so that they put five Hall of Fame. They have five Hall of Famers on this roster. Now, obviously, four of them are past their prime, including LeBron, who even passed his prime as a a prime player, and then AD, who's chronically hurt. But I I think they're going to have to figure out, like, is this just what we do here? You know, we, we sort of we, – we, we wait for the cavalry to arrive. The two free agents who want to play together. Um, if we go into the wilderness for a few years, we'll get some draft picks, and then we'll immediately deal them for the new brand-name superstars. And I just think that, you know, at a certain point, do they hire an executive? Um, you know, it wasn't lost on me that, you know, uh, LeBron mentioned, you know, Sam Presti's an excellent executive. I don't think Sam Presti's going to Los Angeles. He has it too good in Oklahoma City, and I think he's too interested in the project there. But, like, are they going to be more than this? Magic Johnson does it for a couple of years and then resigns in a hallway pregame. Or, oh, we're going to play coaching carousel here. And, and oh, oh, now the thought is Quinn Snyder. You know, there's just – at some point they need to kind of establish some stability and have a plan that extends farther than, oh, who's the next big name we can get to come here. Kevin Arnowitz is joining us right now from ESPN, the magazine, ESPN.com. I'm fascinated by this topic, and you got a lot of knowledge with this, especially in L.A. So look at this. What's the biggest priority first? How do you move the Russell Westbrook contract, match the salaries? It's a pure dump from the Lakers, and you got to take back expiring awful contracts most likely unless a team takes Westbrook and gives you a 20 to $25 million guy top of two more to balance that out how do you see that how do you do it i mean i think you know you trade albatrosses in some ways and i, okay. I, mean, I haven't looked at the kind of the salary sheets i've usually got my, my nice excel with 30 tabs and i haven't looked at that yet i mean <laughs> i mean look I, I, let me say this about westbrook and i, I can't even believe I'm, I'm actually defending him i'm not defending the player it was a terrible acquisition um you know he doesn't help you win basketball games right now i mean i, I think I, you know I, I think it can be absorbed i don't think he's a cultural cancer and so, you know, if you have your albatross, you trade for additional albatross. I mean, we, we can play the counterfactual and say what if John Wall had come, you know, had come. But I, I think more than anything, like, look, you might just have to eat it. And, and the bottom line is, I don't know that that is necessarily the reason they can't win next season. I mean, they were a terrible defensive team. I mean, terrible. People forget when they won the title two years ago. Right? They were the top defensive team in basketball. Now, Westbrook mm-hmm. is a minus defender, to be sure. But like, I think my, my point is, is, yeah, it would be great to move Westbrook. That is the least of my problems. Right? Like, I have an executive the star doesn't trust. I have a star who might want to be out of there in LeBron. Now, the question is, you might decide that dealing LeBron is the best way to go. Um, I, I 
think yes. that if you're talking about what kind of organization you want to be, like, like what, what happens next season? I mean, let's say AD plays 65 games, which would be, you know, pretty, that's a bit kind of a median for him, right? You know, LeBron's one year older. I don't think he plays more than 70. Um, you could run it back and potentially be much better. But at the end of the day, you know, are you building for the future? You have AD. Um, that's probably going to be your linchpin for the next several years. I mean, I think, and, and for that matter, LeBron might want to be elsewhere. I mean, I, I think that's going to be the most interesting. So to me, it's less about Russ. You're going to have to eat that one way or the other. If you, could, if, you, if you get rid of that problem, you have to acquire some new ones. The question is, what do you do with LeBron? Well, this is interesting, Kevin, because Kevin Arnowitz joins us from ESPN, ESPN the magazine. This is really important because you just said it in that last statement. They love their branding. They have LeBron in a Laker jersey going to break Kareem's record. Kareem's a little bit uncomfortable with LeBron. He's walking stuff back. He's saying things. He's bleeping Kareem. He's one of the greats, if not the greatest. We should be talking about him as a GOAT. Do they want to move him? Or do they, the, does Jeannie love the brand so much she wants the all-time leading scorer to be a Laker after a Laker? I think that has a lot to do with the decision coming up because everybody would trade for LeBron. Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't – I mean, look, it, it, depending on what the price is, right? But, I, I, yeah, there are a lot of teams. And, by the way, LeBron's not going to go anywhere that LeBron does. I mean, when I say they trade LeBron, I think what that means is they get in a room with LeBron or Rich Paul and, and whoever mm-hmm. else, and they say, where do you want to go? Like, this isn't working here. You don't love our leadership. Um, you know, do, do you, does, does LeBron want to give it one more go in a really good situation? And there are many good situations in the NBA. So I, when I say like trade LeBron, this is a cooperative effort, right? Like that, it's just a mutual benefit. Hey, you guys get younger. I don't really want to, you know, I want to play for a title next year and it ain't going to be here because you don't have the depth and you don't have the defenders. And frankly, I don't trust your management and your leadership, which is probably the case. Um, now that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, right? Is this now a production next year or is it theater? You know, people are coming, we're counting it down. You've got the countdown of the points and, and whatnot. And, and, and when you say it, yes, it sounds precisely like a Laker production, which might be very well why they don't move it. I mean, look, I, I the odds are LeBron James will be in a Laker uniform next year. Um, but it's just kind of like, like, what are the terms for the future of this franchise? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's sort of the bigger question. And look, to your point, maybe the Lakers want him to retire a, a Laker. Um, there'd be worse things than the rocking chair tour, you know, with the Lakers in town. And I, and I think that's, that's an interesting thing. But, but here's the problem. You and I talking about this right now. Like the idea that an organization sort of bases their decision-making on theatrical potential <laughs> is just kind of screwy. I just don't think it's it a is. way to win NBA titles in the, in the current game. There's too many good organizations out there right now. I mean, like, there are, a lot of, there are fewer dumber teams in the NBA than there were 10 years ago, right? You still got the Kings. Even I like their GM. I mean, their ownership's dumb. I mean, oh, you just, got my Knicks. Get to my Knicks. Knicks. I just blasted my Knicks. Knicks. Right, my sorry, Knicks I'm are awful. The, yeah, They're awful. But, like, it, but, but it's kind of a short list. I was talking to an executive. And it just occurred to me a couple of years ago, and I was talking to an executive. And he's like, yeah, there aren't as many suckers at the poker table. It's kind of a bummer. It used to be you could get one over on half the league. Now everyone's got their you know, data people. They're just a smarter brand of executive. Like, you know, owners are more sophisticated. He's like, it's, just, it's less fun to be a GM these days because there just aren't enough suckers at the table. Like, the donkeys are gone. Right. Hey, Kevin, I can't wait to talk to you again because we didn't mention another team other than this story, but this story is a monster. Appreciate your insight. I hope to have you on a bunch during the playoffs. Thanks for doing this. Hey, take care. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us, and good to get him in here today. I promise you, everybody, unless LeBron leaves or something happens, they're going to hire a new coach. 
Frank Vogel's going to get fired, so we'll touch on that. They're going to hire a new coach. I have no idea who the coach would be. I said on my night show the other night, I should hire Jay Wright from Villanova. I just go after Jay Wright. They were interested in Coach K back in the day. They're not going to get Greg Popovich. They're not going to get anybody significant. I like Jeff Van Gundy coming back out of broadcasting, out of retirement. Wherever they want to go, the Lakers need to hire a coach first and then figure out if they're going to trade LeBron. They're not going to trade Anthony Davis and how to dump Russell Westbrook. Very complicated right here in Vegas, which is a Laker town. Never thought we'd see this. I don't know the last time I've done this. Last time I've jumped on the radio in early April through June, not having the Lakers to talk about. 702-365-9200. Masters leaderboard update coming up on the other side where baseball is being played. Hey, and the aviators. The aviators are off to a good start. See that on the cover of the paper. And the weather's been great. I could walk to the stadium from my house. That's where I live. The Las Vegas ballpark. Can't wait to get out there. Haven't been out there yet, but... My sons will be back from college soon, and we'll, uh, we'll go to some baseball for a little bit and can't wait to go to the Aviators. If you're new to town or you're streaming us on the Raiders app, you got to go see this ballpark. The best. Oh, and Libby Schaff. Oh, I forgot Bobby as we're celebrating Bobby's birthday today. The mayor of Oakland took a shot at Las Vegas. Wow, how would you like to live under her rule? I'll get to the soundbite from Oakland from Fruitvale. When we come back and her diss to Vegas right here. This is going to be great on Raider Nation Radio. We, we just weren't very good. You know, we would have needed, you know, uh, I, in this league, most nights you get what you deserve. And uh, I think we've been on the right end of uh, execution and effort a lot of nights lately, and we've gotten rewarded for that. And we were on the wrong end of both those things tonight. That's to say it lightly. Uh, JT, back with you as we continue on. Watching the Masters 2, big update. Tiger shanked his drive, literally shanked it. On 18, put it into the trees, had a layup. So he's now in the fairway, short, and he's going to try to chip on here and probably get bogey unless he puts it beautifully and nudges it right up there. But Tiger is one under as we are sitting here on the 18th hole. Uh, Tiger swings, uh, gets a good look high up in the air towards the pin. Wow, he gave himself a shot. He left it five feet. Tiger left at five feet for par on 18 as I bring in the Golden Knights TV voice, Dave Gosher. Dave, I'm assuming you're a Masters guy on a beautiful day in Vegas like this. You watching some golf? I sure am, JT. Here's the thing. I, I like your, when you do what I do, I like to hear how you do play-by-play for other sports. <laughs> so golf and tennis on the radio, I always get a kick out of. So that's, that's pretty good. I, I, uh, I've never been able to do either of those. Well, I'll tell you, I've been lucky to be on the radio during a Tiger round on a Sunday or to do it. This is remarkable today. We're both great sports fans. To see someone 14 months ago who could have died in a car accident, lost his leg, to stay out and then start practicing with his son, which, Dave, I think is a big part of this story. And now he's putting to go one under or at a minimum even at the Masters on a day like today, I mean, this is this has the possibility of being one of the greatest sports stories of all time if he wins. 
Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. If you think about it, like to your point, he's coming back to the Masters. He's not playing with three buddies down in Florida <laughs> on a random Thursday, you know, right. without a lot of pressure. So, and I don't know, JT, I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe we should stop being surprised at what this guy's been able to do. You know, he's had so many comebacks over the years and, you know, winning the U.S. Open on a broken leg in 2008 and the Masters in 2019. And, you know, we all know that, you know, the things he's had to come back from and, in his personal life, uh, yeah, it would be – I don't know if he'd ever have a bigger Masters win than if he figured out a way to, you know, to pull on a six-green jacket come Sunday. Dave Gosher joins us. Great segue to Jack Eichel. Tell us about his recovery, what you saw, the first goal last night, what's encouraging with him before we get to where they stand in this playoff race and how he's playing so far since coming here. Yeah, I think he's got better with each game. You know, it, it's tough. You know, you, you have a guy that's such an elite talent, but, you know, didn't didn't play for 11 months, and he's not only had all that time off, but now you're dropping him into the, into the schedule in the middle of February when he came back a month and a half ago into the heart of a, of a push for the playoffs. Um, and he's led them in goals, JT, since he came back. You know, he picked up his 10th of the season last night. Um, you know, you'd love to see what a line would look like with him and Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. I don't know that this year. He, him and Stone have not played together. Uh, he and Pacioretty have only played a few games. But um, he hasn't shied away from the physical stuff. He ran over uh, Travis Dermott, one of the defensemen for Vancouver last night. And I think that's one of the things he looked for early coming off neck surgery. But um, I, I think you've seen him progress. And you hope that, you know, if other guys can get healthy, and that's an enormous if, they could maybe get some semblance of, of the team they thought they were going to have this year. Well, Dave, what happened last night? Just a letdown, or you tip your cap to Vancouver after they just saw him and they put together a great night? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I listened to, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer's comments coming into the segment, and I, I watched Pete's press conference last night, and he was asked, I think, four different times, and he basically gave the same answer, which was they weren't good enough. Um, they didn't have enough guys going. In any area, I, I think maybe they had three forwards. I thought Eichel was pretty good. I thought if Danny Dodonoff had a decent game and maybe Matias Janmark. On the back end, there were a lot of struggles. Um, so in most areas of the game, you know, and they've, they've been good here. You know, they, they rip off five straight wins. And if, if they're comfortably in a playoff spot, you know, you look at last night and you fluff it off as almost a one-off. But they don't have the luxury of doing that at this point in the season. So they're going to have to try to get right back on the horse here. Uh, come Saturday against Arizona, but it's just a, maybe a good lesson for them to learn. They need everybody going every night if they're going to be successful. Dave Gosher is our guest, the Golden Knights TV voice. So you broke down the numbers. You know it better than me. What needs to happen? What's a realistic scenario for the wild card and what they have to do to kind of backdoor into the playoffs? How do you see it? Yeah, I think the wild card JT is going to be tough. I think that they're probably their most realistic route in is to catch the Kings. You know, last night was a painful loss for them because if they had won last night, they would have been two back of the Kings, same amount of games played, and the Kings are playing the Edmonton Oilers tonight who have been on a good run. Um, you know, it's not insurmountable by any stretch. I mean, my, my sense is they'd probably have to go 7-3. and three. That would get them to 96 points. That should be enough, but, mm-hmm. you know, their schedule's not easy. They've got Arizona here Saturday. They lost to Arizona the last time they played them. They've got a Canadian road trip coming up next week, and they've got a tough road trip to end the year, Dallas, who's a team they're battling with, Chicago, who's out of it, and then St. Louis, who looks like they're going to be a playoff team. So I think the most realistic way in for them is to try to 
find a way to overtake the Kings over the next three weeks. All right, Dave, let's say that happens. Is it going to be because goaltending and Leonard and what they're doing, or is it going to be a line waking up? Do you see a particular line waking up or a defenseman like Theodore stepping up and carrying the team with Martinez? What could be the catalyst for that best-case scenario? Yeah, it could be their best players, I think, would have to lead the way, to be, to be honest with you. You know, I, I think they'd have to continue to get big performances from guys like Eichel and Dodonoff and Stevenson, uh, Marsh or so. Uh, I, I think there's probably more they could get from William Carlson. I think if you look at their high-end guys, they're going to have to carry it um, here down the stretch. I mean, you mentioned Shea Theodore. He's been on a great run, but I, I think that's coincided with the returns of Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez, you know, his ability to, to play in a more offensive role, to play, you know, he plays a lot of power play, but to not have to kill penalties. Um, so I think that's all going to be part of it. And, and and maybe, and it's a big maybe, an outside chance, you know, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty have been skating on their own, not with the team. Is there a possibility you could get one or both of those guys back? Obviously, that would be a, a huge shot in the arm for them, but I don't think they can bank on that. Pete DeBoer was asked the other day, JT, about some of the other injured guys, and he flat out said, not close. The Cavalry's not mm. coming. So if they get there, I think their best guys are going to have to lead the way between now and the end of the month. Dave Gosher joins us as Tiger made the putt, Dave. He made the oh, putt. He was, in the, he was in the fairway in, in, laying up, and he got up and down. If I hit that drive off the tee, uh, somewhere in Summerlin, I'd be in Gary Lawless's backyard. I'd have to take a drop and go back again. And this guy, I cannot believe that Tiger hooked it into the woods, got relief, chipped out, and then got up and down from the middle of the fairway on 18, where every big putt of his life was made on 18 as he got five green jackets. We're talking live, Dave. This is remarkable. Yeah, if you and I did, well, I'll just speak for myself. I'd be out there a week, just trying to just try to figure it out. I need a GPS to get back to the fairway. But yeah, it's uh, and I, I think you know, I, I think his mental toughness is. I, I I don't know if we've seen anything like it in the game of golf. I mean, he, I don't want to you know go too far down the path of other sports, but in the game of golf and what he's had to overcome and his ability just to you know his focus and, and you know to get done what needs to get done to your point. He's in the woods and, you know, somehow figures out a way to make par is, uh, is pretty impressive. That's the greatest 71, one under I've ever seen in my life, considering. Considering the accident 14 months ago and the pressure and the size of the galleries. We're wrapping it up with Dave Gosh. So, Gosh, uh, the other thing I want to talk about when we look back, because we still got a lot of games left to make the playoffs, but the ability to manage the cap injuries you've been doing this for a while is there anything you can compare this to because when golden knights fans say well next year stone eichel more healthy everybody back you know they make another move they do something it could be better no they're fighting now but how difficult has this been as a broadcaster to watch the up and down and ebb and flow of the season well it's been the injuries i think jt that's been the biggest thing right i've never seen anything like it you know and i was in boston for a good many years and now in Vegas for the last five, I've never seen high-end players miss the amount of time that, that they've missed. I mean, to the point here recently where they had both goaltenders out with Robin Leonard and Lauren Brossois. Um, you know, and the cap has been an issue for them. I mean, if you can go back to last year, I mean, there was, I think they played short nine or ten times. They played, they had a game for the President's Trophy. They could only dress 15 skaters. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's when you're a competitive team and a cap team and they're right up against it, They've had to really do a lot of juggling over these last couple of years. Um, they've had a lot of money on long-term injured reserve because of all these injuries, but 
it's, you know, the, the, the frustrating part, I think, for them this year is I think they hope they can get through all the injuries in the first half and then see if they could get on a run in the second half. And they got hit with injuries again after the All-Star break. And that's never really stopped. So, you know, it, the, you could make a case the fact that they're still hanging around and in the playoff picture is is pretty darn impressive considering what they've done this year. But they're this close now, and they're going to need another. They're going to need another run. And hey, if they do get in and get some guys back, who knows what they might be able to do? Well, I'll tell you, Coach, I, I, with, with this rivalry with the Avalanche, and for the Avalanche to be sitting at 106 points, 106 points says VGK has 82. I didn't see that coming, but as you so eloquently put it, the injuries, it happens. From time to time, it happens, and you just got to fight through it. I guess we're going to learn about a lot, a lot about the character of this team, which is strong character from what I've seen down the stretch here. Yeah, they've had a lot of bad luck. You know, a lot of these injuries have just been freak things. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, you know I, I think I asked Pete DeBoer earlier this year, what have you learned about the team? And he said it's our leadership, our character, and the depth of the organization that's allowed them to hang in there. You know, there, this was a team, it, it's easy to forget now because they're, they're right, you know, at this moment on the outside looking in. They were in first place for almost two straight months earlier this year. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to be said about their leadership, about guys not just using the excuses of injuries um, that I think they could easily do and say, look, it's just not our year, and, you know, let's get the band all together next year and see what we can do. Uh, they still have plans to make the playoffs this year. Now, can they do it? Uh, you know, it's going to be a tall task. It is, it's not all up to them. They're going to have to win their games, to be sure, but they're going to need some help from other teams as, as they go down the stretch here. Hey, Dave, last one. Uh, I'm clearly watching uh, what's happening with Mike Bossy. I grew up an Islander fan, as you know. They won the Cup every year. I was in high school, and the condition of Mike Bossy as he left, I, I don't know if it's hospice care or home, with the battle that he's having there. That's a big one for me. A lot of hockey fans around the world there. Uh, anything you could add to that when we think of great players and what they're going through and how the whole world is connected to the years that he played and the impact that he had on the sport? Yeah, and you know, and I, I remember those great Islander teams, JT. I mean, we're probably around this roughly you yeah. know, in the same bracket. And I, you know, the early 80s, they just, they rolled over teams and, um, you know, one of the greatest natural goal scorers that I, you know, I think of him and Guy Lafleur from that time frame of just guys that could score in so many different ways. I mean, I, I went back not long ago before this most recent news about Mike Bossy, and um, we were playing a game against the Islanders back uh, earlier this year, and I just, you know, looked at the numbers that he put up, fifty and sixty goal seasons. I think there was eight in a row he scored at least fifty. Um, but just such a cornerstone of those teams. You know, you think about him and Trottier yeah. and Potvin, and obviously, you know, we lost, lost Clark Gillies not long ago. Um, but, yeah, I just think in, as natural and as gifted as a goal scorer as, as I've seen in, in my, you know, in my lifetime, I can't sure. go back to the 50s and the, and the 60s, but he, uh, you know, literally a guy that could, could score from any area on the ice coming down that wing, he could just blow it by you and, you know, those days are long gone. You don't see many guys do that anymore. But, boy, he was one of the best at it. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks for being honest, Tiger. We'll remember this conversation. Appreciate your time, and we'll be uh, watching and listening the rest of the way. All right, JT. Great to be with you. Same here. Dave Gosher, television voice of the Golden Knights. We will talk Golden Knights. Ten games left. They have to make the playoffs. He said 7-3. and 7-3 and three down the stretch would get it done. 
So as I was interviewing Dave, uh, Tiger just did something remarkable. I just tweeted out, that's the greatest one under I've ever seen, considering the circumstances. He had no idea if he would play a month ago. The injury and lack of real rounds heading into a major. Amazing, simply amazing. If you're a golf fan, you should be calling me right now. That was borderline historic. Borderline historic what he did. If this guy played a couple of tournaments over the last month because, you know, he just wanted to get loose heading into the Masters, I wouldn't make that big of a deal about it. The guy played nine holes three times, one with his son, and he went out and he shot one under at the Masters when and he, no one knew how he'd look on the first tee. It truly was an incredible moment in sports. They're recapping his day on the first tee. He had a bad tee shot on the first tee. He had a couple of bad shots today. On on 18, ladies and gentlemen, Tiger stood over the ball on 18 and hooked it completely into the woods. It must have hit a tree and came out. Then he got relief because he was standing in some uh, water. There was a lot of rain there, and he was able to move his ball a little bit. He just chipped out, and then he got up and down and made a putt, which was remarkable. He almost had a hole-in-one on this course, too. And then his incredible putt that he made on 16. So Tiger Woods is one under, which if you bet Tiger Woods to make the cut, you got to feel pretty good now. Cameron Smith was six under going into 18 and got a double bogey. So the leader is four under par and Tiger is one under par. That is just fantastic. I mean, I'm standing up in my home watching this on TV. It is fantastic. I'm going to have a great show tonight on Sirius XM recapping this uh, last 20 minutes of the show Raider fans if you want to get in 702-365-9200 opening day in baseball who do you got I picked the Yankees as a Yankee fan every year but the Dodgers are in a really good spot a lot of people are picking Toronto this year Angels have two of the best players in all of baseball clearly two of the best players Otani and Trout and those guys are going to come alive at some point and the Mets here we go with the Mets again. The Mets believe. Uh, Bobby, are you laughing there? I, I just said the Mets. Uh, the Mets are a, kind of a favorite birthday boy. Are you saying the Mets are not for real? I just looked up on the screen as you were saying that, and it says Jacob deGrom is on the IL. He's out until the summer. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was just going to be a couple weeks. Nope. Just saw it on Sports Center oh, a second God. ago. Oh, God. Yeah, that just popped up. I've been watching the golf there. DeGrom. Met fans have no luck. They have no luck. Uh, they have Max Scherzer. Uh, Tiger Woods is in Butler Cabin. They're interviewing him on ESPN. Uh, Scotty Scheffler now tied for the lead at four under with Cameron Smith. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson is through nine holes, and he is three under par. Danny Willett is three under. Joaquin Neiman is three under. He played with Tiger. How about that young kid who played with Tiger and beat Tiger today in his group? Tiger has a smile from ear to ear. He has a smile from ear to ear in Butler Cabin as he's being interviewed by Michael Eaves. Great interview from Michael Eaves, friend of the show. All right, we'll wrap it up, get to the top of the hour here. We've got a big show tomorrow. Uh, thanks to Vance Mueller, who joined us. We are brought to you by our great friends at Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. My wife's heading out of town. I'm going to head to Grimaldi's out of Boca Park. Get a couple of salads. Yes, if you're eating, they got great salads. The Caesar, the Mediterranean, on top of their great pizza, the Brooklyn Bridge, their desserts. A great place to be family style if you're going big. Head on out to Grimaldi's, home of the $50 gift card, the best pizza I've ever had.
it's going to be more complicated and you've got to be much more environmentally focused when you are developing on the precious California coastline than in the gross desert of Las Vegas. So, yes, it's more complicated and it's totally worth it. <laughs> I saw right. that shade. Uh-huh. It was slipped in there real quick. Wait, okay, we got it. We got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was Libby Schaap, the mayor of Oakland, dissing the gross, ugly desert of Las Vegas, which is a pretty big personal shot that Libby gives those in Vegas, considering she lost sports up in the Bay Area there. If anybody wants to react to that and keep it clean, you know, keep it clean and just have a general comment on Libby's shot at the Raiders in Vegas and what she's saying there. I think Libby also knows that the A's are threatening to leave because of the Howard Terminal location and what they can't do. You know, last time I looked, San Francisco's ballpark where the Giants play is on the water. And I know Oakland has more of a port system there. And there's a lot of shipping there and all that, too. So it's probably a little bit more complicated. But it's another one I got right over the decades when I lived in the Bay Area. And I said, all Oakland has to do is completely copy the Giants. Copy them. I, you know, I, you might have cheated in high school on a test. You might have copied someone next to you. You might copy fashion. Someone wears something nice. Man, man, I want to get that suit jacket. It looks great. Those shoes are amazing. Buy the same exact shoes. If they look that good, buy them. Well, how come the Oakland A's didn't build on the water directly as a crow flies from San Francisco? It worked for the Giants, and the Giants have one of the greatest baseball experiences, and Oakland couldn't figure it out. Now they put renderings up at the Howard Terminal. Dave Cal- uh, Cavill, who's the president of the A's, is a carnival barker. All he's doing is using Las Vegas. And again, I love baseball. I'm a Yankee fan. I do not support the A's because I knew what the A's did signing the 10-year lease behind the back of the Raiders. And you could say fair game. You could easily say fair game. Hey, the Raiders were going to leave eventually, and the A's did this or that. You could say that. I'm not saying the Raiders were perfect with everything that happened in Oakland. But Mark Davis went to all those city council meetings. He sat there. He took questions from fans. He dealt with it. You don't see the owner of the A's ever showing up, Mr. Fisher, in public. He's one of the richest owners in all sports. So if Libby loses the athletics, I don't want her to lose the A's because I don't want him here. I've always said that. I don't think baseball works here other than AAA. It could work if you build a dome. It could be an eyesore. It's got to be a dome because we bake like potatoes in the summer. Don't tell me misters. Don't tell me shade. We cannot have baseball in Las Vegas in June, July, and August. It won't work. You have to have a dome, and domes suck for baseball. They stink for baseball. No one wants to sit in a dome for baseball. And the A's have terrible ownership, so they're not going to buy any players. So you could say, well, JT, if the A's go to Vegas, the revenue will go up, and then they'll go out and buy better players. No, they won't. The owner of the A's now has all that money and won't spend a penny. It's the biggest joke in sports. They care more about root beer floats, and they care more about firework night than they do of giving their fans entertainment in their football stadium that's falling apart. And people here in town, it's amazing how people here in town got it wrong about the Raiders, got it wrong about Allegiant Stadium. And they've gotten it wrong, so now they're coming with their tail between the legs and trying to educate themselves on the athletics and Oakland politics and sports in Oakland, and they they get on their media platforms and talk about the A's. The A's will get zero time on this show. Zero. Teams that win one football game a year don't make the playoffs in sports for years, 
don't get a second on my radio show because I value your time too much than for me to kill 18 to 20 minutes. I'll put on a NASCAR guest when NASCAR is here in Vegas twice a year and an F1 guest before I'll put on some of the guests that you hear on other radio channels because they just want to kill 15 minutes and and, and be someone who's just going to be negative about everything. I don't want the A's here. If they come here, I will never go unless the Yankees are in town. I'll buy the best seats behind home plate. I'll put my Yankee jersey on, and I'll come there. And I won't go because I don't like ownership of the A's. Now, if the A's sell the team, that's different. If the A's sell the team, and they sell it to someone else, and they come here, and it's a new team, or there's expansion here, you better believe I'll get behind it. Look, I I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I got a fourth-grade vocabulary. I know my weaknesses. But I don't get much wrong in sports. I don't get much wrong in sports and politics. And I know these scam artist politicians in Oakland are using Las Vegas in a ploy. And the ownership of the A's are doing the same thing. I'm educated on this topic because I live there. I've taken these calls. And I've been talking about this topic for 15 years. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately who's begging the A's to come here so I can get a credential and sit in a dome four decks up there and watch baseball and tweet. 702-365-9200. Wow, out to the Bay Area. Big Al's in San Francisco. Hello, Big Al. And JT, we have one of those days that we get maybe 14 of every every year. It's about 80 and beautiful. Not a, not a cloud. Nice. It's all beautiful here, and just kind of just you know listen you know listening in and as I work and you know this whole thing with LeBron James and I don't know, maybe I'm way off on this, but this is a guy that is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we all know he's a great player, but let's talk about his actions the last you know. Uh, the last couple months, he goes to Cleveland, starts talking about getting together, playing with his with his son, and maybe going back to Cleveland, going other places, while he is still getting paid by the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the team is is in disarray. Mm-hmm. He's playing de facto GM. He doesn't suit up for I think four of the last five games because of uh, apparently he has a, a sprained ankle. Uh, it seems like he's spending an awful lot more time on his business ventures than he is in basketball. And then yesterday, after they've been embarrassed, maybe the biggest embarrassment as related to expectations that we've ever seen in the NBA, he talks about wanting to go play with his rival, Stephen Curry. Yeah, I have that I sound. We're going to play that sound in a moment after you wrap up your call. I will tell you, you're pretty spot on with your NBA analysis, if you think LeBron's played his last game there, that means LeBron's gone. They should get a cash haul in return. But what do they do with Russell Westbrook's contract? And they have Anthony Davis, who never seems to be healthy. I thought they'd dump Russell Westbrook it for anything they can get and try to reload with a healthy LeBron and a completely healthy Anthony Davis. You can get more for LeBron checked out or otherwise Mm-hmm. Then you can for uh, Russell Westbrook in that albatross of a $47 million contract. Anthony Davis is, is you know, he's rarely healthy. And, uh, you know, to the point where some might think, and I'll say it myself, I think he's soft. Um, the Lakers in the last four seasons are, t- now this is the four seasons they've had LeBron as a team. Okay, they brought LeBron in not to win one championship. And make yeah, and make one final. 
They're going to be out of the playoffs twice. Last year, they get in. As far as I'm concerned, they were willed in after that albatross of an officiating effort in the play-in game versus the Warriors. And then they get kicked by Phoenix. And then they win the championship in the bubble. They're 20 games above 500. They spent an awful lot of time, resources, energy, um, filled with controversy with Magic leaving and and, uh, mm-hmm. and and the current GM to be 20 games over 500 going into tonight, 162 yeah. and 142. Yeah. Is this is death. The only they're going to get a haul back if they trade James. They won't get a haul back that they would mm-hmm. want. If they get rid of the other two. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate the call. Let me get to that sound. Big Al checking in. A very good point there. You can get a lot more with LeBron, and LeBron might want to leave. I think what's going to be really complicated, as we talked about it with our guests last at the beginning of the hour, is LeBron's about to break Kareem's record as the all-time scoring leader. If Jeannie Buss, the owner, wants him to do that in a Laker jersey for posterity for the next hundred years, no one's going to break that record. There's no one coming up behind LeBron that's going to break Kareem and LeBron's record. So the Lakers might want to have that, the two most scoring leaders of all time in Laker jerseys. I don't know, but if they want to trade LeBron, they can get value for him. And if LeBron really wants to win and catch Jordan, he needs to leave L.A. and try to get a ring somewhere else. Here's LeBron James, where a lot of Laker fans are upset about this Steph Curry comment. Who else you want to play with? Um, in today's game, no, that's in today's game, but Steph Curry. Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with, for sure, in today's game. All time. It's crazy, man. I love Scottie Pippen, bro. Really? Yeah, Scottie was like, like, I mean, obviously, MJ was crazy, cold. Kobe would have been another one. But, like, Scottie Pippen and Penny Hardaway was, like, my two. Because I seen myself in them. Tall guards, point forward, get everybody involved, defend all type of positions. But, like, right now, Steph. Why Steph? I love everything when? about that guy. And that mother- <laughs> left, left. So, lethal. Lethal, man. When, Steph, when he get out of his car, you better guard him right from the moment he pulls up to the arena. As soon as he get out of his car, you better oh, guard him. Oh, sorry, guard him. Yeah, you better guard him. The you, might get, you might want to guard him when he get out of the bed. The parking deck. I swear oh, to God. All right, so LeBron on HBO, the shop. I don't have a problem with LeBron paying tribute to Steph saying he'd want to play with him. He doesn't say he has to play with him or he wants to go there next year. Now, that was a compliment to Steph Curry. Steph Curry heard about that. Here's what Steph Curry had to say about Le- LeBron's remarks. You hear what your boy said? Who, my boy? Take a listen. Who else you want to play with? Um, in today's <laughs> game, Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with. Oh, shoot. The chef. <laughs> you know what? Hey, he might want to play with you next weekend now. That is phenomenal. <laughs> When did he say that? Was that on the shop? Yeah, I like, guess the latest like, one. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, he got it. We, we got his wish. So he's the captain. He's picked me the last two uh, All Star games. So I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. How's that make you feel, though? I'm good right now. I mean, whenever you get the uh, the interest or curiosity of what it would be like to play with a, arguably a, you know MVP kind of caliber dude like he is and greatest of all time cool i guess amazing right um we all can live in that fantasy world though wow that stuff was never said back in the day with jordan bird and magic never never but now the league's changed and guys all want to play with each other and those are two of the greatest of all time lebron's either going to be top one two or three most likely two or three 
And Curry's going to go down in history as the greatest shooter of all time. Good categories to be in. Bobby, happy birthday. Bobby, get on the microphone. Happy birthday. Thanks for everything you do. I hope you got a good steak lined up tonight, a good night lined up. But thanks for everything you do. I hope this birthday is incredible and you have another many, 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 many more in front of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got it. Bobby's birthday today. Bobby is the heart and soul of the show. Been with me since 1996. Still don't know how he does it. (laughs) He does it. And he puts shows together like this every day. Thanks to all of our partners. I'm heading over to Resorts World right now for a meeting. Resorts World is the home of Doghouse. That's our home for Monday Night Football. We're excited to partner with the premier property in all of Las Vegas when it comes to a casino. Scott Sabella's vision of Resorts World. Final show of the week tomorrow. I think we have another Raider alumni. I'll tweet it out at JT the Brick. And we'll head into a great weekend. Tiger Woods shot one under. At the Masters, that's the story in sports. Q on deck and Vinny later. Keep listening.